If you're a parent, you've done it. You made mac and cheese or some other less than healthy option for dinner for your kids, which they didn't eat, so you finish it for them. Then you beat yourself up because you're also not getting enough exercise because you always take care of them first. Well, today you'll hear from Austin Wheeler, a health coach who's on a mission to make healthier choices accessible to everyone, especially kids and parents. In this episode, we'll be talking to Austin about his unique approach to coaching, the challenges he faces working with kids and parents, and his advice for anyone looking to make healthier choices. But first, this is the FitMass where together, we learn to develop habits that help us live beyond our mental health struggles to create happier, healthier lives. He's Zach. He lives in the future with his anxiety. He's Jeremy, and he lives in the past with his depression. And we get together once a week in the present to share the obstacles we face and how we overcome them. So I did a lot to prepare to be a parent. You know, I read books and I like went to sessions and classes and I did all this stuff. And it really is amazing. Like it turns out you can't just like put them in a room and walk away and just leave them. What? Wait, I've I've been doing this wrong for a while now. Yeah, I don't know. Some (laughs) people telling me that like you got to actually like pay attention and talk and like interact with them and do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really weird. I'm just trying to parent the way I was parented. Exactly. Sit here. Don't move for three days. There's a bathroom there. There's raw hamburger in the fridge. <laughs> Go get it. Turns out, turns out there's a, there's a little bit more to it than that. Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, there's some days when that raw hamburger in the fridge, that, that seems like it may be an upgrade from what I'm feeding my kids. Like <laughs> this morning, you know, I, I didn't have it in me. Uh, I, I let them make some choices at the grocery store the other day about the foods they would want. And so the jumbo box of cinnamon toast crunch got plopped down on the table next to the box of milk. And I said, go for it, kids. Ooh, cinnamon toast crunch. Right? I mean, this cereal is good, but the cinnamon milk afterwards is even oh, better. It's, it's gold. Pure gold. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going back to my childhood <laughs> when I wasn't eating raw meat. I, and I, the occasion when I had cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. Like they don't come out pre-programmed and they don't know what healthy choices are. And this is, this is one of the things, right? Like we talk about all the time on the show, how much of a struggle it is to take care of yourself. But when you have to take care of your kids and you're still trying to figure it out for yourself, the hill gets even higher to climb. And I struggle with this all the time. And, and I don't, you know, I don't think I'm alone. I'm sure you go through this. You're trying to figure out what to pack for their school lunches and, and you put all these healthy choices in there. And then at the end of the day, they bring their lunchbox home and everything you put in there in, there in the morning is still there. They didn't eat it because it's healthy mm-hmm. and it doesn't taste like bread and cheese and sugar. So you know, every day I try and find the compromise. What can I put in here that they're actually going to eat so that they don't come home starving and angry? But what are they going to eat that isn't going to basically have the same effect because it's complete garbage anyways? See, I've got a, an additional piece to it, too, because my daughter has a, you know, she's got her account at school so she can go get food from the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So she goes in with all the healthy stuff and then she comes home with all the healthy stuff. I'm like, what did you eat today? And she's like, oh, well, I got cookies and this and pizza and like I, I got all this garbagey stuff mm-hmm. so she's not hungry but she's about to crash i fight this i fight the same fight every day and then they come home and there will have recently been a holiday let's blame easter this time for the boxes of chocolates and candies that they come home and that's the snack they want after school and you know i constantly mm-hmm. try to tell them eat something real first right go go find something that grew out of the ground and eat that first and then and then we can do that but it's a, it's a battle. I mean, like I said, we struggle with our own nutrition, let alone how to feed our kids. 
But I will say one of the things that's been successful in the past has been incorporating them in the plan and making their lunch and making dinner. When they get involved, even if it's a healthy meal, if they have their hands in it creating it, they tend to eat it more because it's something that they made and isn't something that mom and dad are forcing them to do. Yeah, making them part of the process is actually really important, it seems. Like, again, things I didn't know, things that I didn't have when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I was given food, it was put down in front of me, and I was told to eat it. And if I didn't eat it, and I managed to sneak it into the garbage, three hours later, it man, it, it showed up back on the table. Oh, and gross. I had to eat it anyway. And that, so that was my introduction to like healthy food was like, you will eat it no matter what, because it was put in front of you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it's definitely a balancing act of like finding the right thing, getting them integrated. Because they don't know the importance of this stuff. They just want to play in the dirt and have fun and be kids. Unless you've got my daughter, then she wants to be like a businesswoman and start a business. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good problem to have. But that's interesting you point that out because the same thing I think applies to the physical activity part of it, right? I mean, my kids, they, they can't get enough screen time. They, they love the tablets. They love the video games. They love all the things. And, you know, trying to get them to be active is, is a bigger challenge. And so it's getting them involved in some sort of sport, some sort of after school thing where screens are not an option or where it's more than me asking them to do it or more than me telling them to do it. But another tip that we're about to get into with our interview here is the idea of making your physical fitness routine a part of their physical fitness routine. And that's not necessarily dragging them into the gym with you and forcing them to do squats or whatever, which, you know, I know that works for you, Zach, but I have done, but there's also a lot to be said for just going outside and playing with them and we get so caught up in what the right kind of exercise is. What's the optimal way to do this thing, to perform better, to get the best results. But as I've been discovering the last couple of weeks, if you can just take your skateboard outside and skate around with them in the neighborhood, that counts too. You got a skateboard, didn't you? I did get a You're skateboard. I'm very excited about this. If, if you have to have a midlife crisis, I mean, there's the Corvette or there's the skateboard. And I went the skateboard route. Both equally dangerous. Yeah, yeah very much so. I broke way too many bones on a skateboard when I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm not jumping on. I will go get the Corvette. I believe that about you. I believe that about you. Yeah, no, the physical activity part was definitely difficult until we were able to like really figure out like what that thing is. So like my daughter likes being in the pool. So I jump in the pool with her and play with her. Like she won't go in by herself. But if I go in and play with her, mm -hmm. she gets a lot of activity. Yeah. The other thing that we did that I think is really important is, is exposing her to as many different physical activities as we possibly could. So like she did gymnastics and lacrosse and bowling just all over the place. None of them really stuck. They were all one season and then she was done. She did do gymnastics for quite some time. And when the dust settled right now, she's 11 and she's very much into volleyball and that's what she wants to do. So now she's like, well, I want to get better at volleyball. I'm like, okay, well, you need to strength train. You need to do this. You need to do that. You can't just go to volleyball practice. So now like the wheels are spinning because mm -hmm. we were just like, hey, try this. Hey, try this. Hey, try this. Hey, try this. And she hated it every time. The first day of whatever it was she was trying, she was like, I hate it. I hate it. And even volleyball, she didn't like it all that much. But like, we just continued. We're like, hey, try this. Hey, try this. Hey, try this. You don't have to stick with it. But just continuously exposing them to those different activities is super helpful. Yeah. And, and like we said, the, the more that as a parent, you can get involved with your kids in those activities, the more that they tend to enjoy them. So it's an interesting idea, along with others that we're about to learn from our guest. His name is Austin Wheeler. He is a personal trainer and health coach. 
We partnered with him to help you make better choices for you and your family, but we started by asking him about how he found this passion in the first place. I started off as, as a youth coach kind of coming out of high school, and it really was just, you know, the youth football organization that I played in wanted me to come back and coach and that that sort of thing, which in a weird way is, has snowballed into kind of what I do now. So throughout youth coaching, right? And I started with football, I ended up coaching football, basketball, and track from junior high to a high school level. Where I ended up with that was understanding like, okay, I, I can change so much, but I also can't change so much without going and talking to this kid's parents. At a certain point, I need them in bed at a certain time to get enough sleep. I need them eating certain foods. Doritos and Cheeto puffs are not it. They're so I delicious just, though. Am I right? I mean, come on. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Especially that, that big thing of the, the giant tub. Of cheese oh yeah. Puffs. It's endless. It's Dollar Tree. And it's like, how do you get a five gallon tub of food for a dollar? <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. And it's all delicious. There's something wrong. Yeah. Right? But we've all done it. It just can't be, it can't be a regular thing. <laughs> right. But what I, I guess where I started with, with all of these kids was like, truthfully, I cannot yell at an eight-year-old for what's in the pantry. Mm-hmm. He or she does not have a driver's license or any money or any, any, of, any of these options, right? So if I'm going to, if I'm going to start making changes, I need to start talking to parents. I ended up making the switch fully into coaching parents when I started kind of seeing some of the first kids that I've worked with come back. And it was like, mm, I had a conversation with your dad and you're bigger than me now. This wow. might, this might be onto something here. Yeah, right. Nice. <laughs> that, that worked better than I wanted it to. I didn't know if I wanted you <laughs> six, three and two fifty. Like I you can whoop my ass all of a sudden. What's going on here? <laughs> It's, it's one of those things where it's like, mm, my plan worked. It worked too well. I'm no. not happy. I'm happy, but I'm not happy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm proud of you. This is bullshit. Why are you? <laughs> why are you? <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. Tell me about the these parents. What what are some of the common mistakes that you're seeing? I'm, I'm sure that we're, you know, as parents, we're all screwing up the same way. So what are some of the common things that you have to work with parents on? Generally, time blocking and multitasking. So one of the, I, I think one of the experiences that I typically use, I really call on, I, I guess I would say, to try and figure out how to help a parent is back to me when I was in college. It's because I had so many different things going on. Plus my little brother and his friends would come visit. So it's like, I've got all this stuff going on and then I've got to figure out how I'm going to feed three 17 year olds for X amount of days at any given moment. So when I was in school, right, I ran track, was obviously a student, but I was also in a fraternity and worked and did extra research, kind of dissertation style papers and traveled to give presentations on said extra research. Like I was very busy. So time blocking and time management became like a, like a life or death sort of skill. One of those things I realized at that time was that truthfully, we all multitask. I think a lot of people get caught and specifically parents 
parents that I work with, parents, if you're listening to this now, get caught with multitasking as kind of a reactionary response, right? So there are things that you can do to kind of pair certain tasks together. Like we can get some family bonding time in while we're making healthy food, while we're getting things organized for the next week and kind of do all of these things in conjunction. If we plan to multitask certain things, we can kind of, in a weird way, earn back some of your hours. Yeah. yeah. That's realistically what it is with me and parents. I've got to teach you how to get hours back. So we can start making changes to, to benefit you and your family long-term. That's powerful. This is something my wife and I were just talking about is that we've sort of fallen into the trap of kids go in your room and, and read, we're making dinner. Like it's sort of the, like, we have to just do this thing really quick because we're out of time. So just, you know, sort of get out of the way, let us do our thing. There, there's mm-hmm. just a, this tendency to like separate from them rather than bringing them in to be a part of the solution. And then meanwhile, you know, there'll be other times when it's like, okay, yes, you can have screen time if you do these chores, go do these things. And because we haven't like walked them through the start to finish of the chore, they sort of like half-ass it and shove the things under the bed and jam everything into their drawers. And then we get furious. Like, how do you not know how to do this thing? I've never taught you how to do. Right. So how do we, how do we sort of get back to getting on track with that? It's going to cost you a little bit of time now, or it's going to cost you a lot of time later. Mm -hmm. You can decide there's no magic way around it that's i think a lot of kind of fitness industry right now and there are definitely a lot of coaches as well that i've heard from that like to i think sell a sell a magic solution and truthfully there is no magic bullet if somebody's selling you a magic bullet you should probably go ahead and raise your red flag and keep it home (laughs) right as a father who's balancing a lot of this stuff or trying to find the balance and all this stuff i'm in my 40s finally trying to get stronger, get leaner, do all the things. So where are dads getting hung up? What are the sort of the common themes you're hearing from dads that are trying to get their act together? How many hours do you sleep? I generally get around seven. I'm, I'm pretty good about it. Okay. That's, that's one of the first things. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to eating. Yeah. That, that oh, tub of Cheetos I mean, you mentioned. No, uh, it's, it's not quite that well, bad. That's the tricky thing I realized with working with dads, especially so how, how old are your kids? Uh, uh, my kids are seven and 11. Okay. So they're, they're kind of at that age where the younger kids are eating more of the, the sugary mm. snacks and having, I'm not going to say weird taste, but I'm, I, I'm sure if you, you're at seven and 11, now you started to understand they're going to go through just trying it and liking and not liking things yep. by the day. Yeah. At a point, it seems like. Yep. And you're eating leftovers and random this and that. And that's, that's the hard part is it, it's a lot of like really simple stuff, right? It's the Mac and cheese. It's the pasta, like the things that are like, they're not super flavorful. There's not a ton of actual food in that food, but then you don't right. want to throw it away. You're tired. You don't want to make a separate meal. So you end up eating that and then kicking yourself in the ass for it later, because you know, you know better, you shouldn't have done that, but right. you know, what are right. you going to do? Well, it, it comes down to, so I, I typically operate on, on a three pillar sort of understanding when I'm working with people. One of them, like I talked about, is that schedule, but the other one is going to be, I call it fan food, but we're going to look through your family's taste bud catalog, so to speak, right? The the Rolodex of of snacks that (laughs) you and your family typically knows that you're not supposed to be eating. If we can find out how to it typically it's, it's just Googling a different recipe. That's the biggest thing with a lot of our food now is 
if we can go with foods that they're going to like that don't have a lot of those kind of additives for the sake of shelf stability, we can come out with foods that don't necessarily taste good for you, but are good for you, right? For example, you can take a blender, add chocolate protein powder, a little bit of Nesquik, maybe two, three cups, a good amount of ice, right? Add a splash of almond milk, and you can blend ice cream out of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Add a touch of vanilla, right? And it'll start to taste like real ice cream when you add that touch of vanilla to your chocolate flavoring. Yeah. So now your kids are basically eating protein and water, or you could do an orange sherbet with vanilla protein. And instead of using a ton of ice, you use frozen oranges, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So now they're eating orange sherbet ice cream as far as they know, but right. they're getting vitamins, protein, and all of that. Yeah. So when you eat that later, now you're eating something that is actually in line with your goals, Yeah. right? Totally. So if we take oatmeal, we put it in the blender, blend it into a fine powder, we can make flour. You can take casein protein powder and oat flour. Mm -hmm. You can replace brownie mix and regular flour and then bake brownies the same way with all of your other ingredients, the same amount of butter and everything else that you would use. Yeah. And they taste literally exactly the same, but that's whole foods, healthy whole foods. So what I'm hearing is it doesn't have to be a complete overhaul. You don't have to burn down the entire pantry. You can make some small steps and, and sort of start gradually introducing th some things in new ways, but yeah. that they're sort of packaged in a way that's familiar for the family. Exactly. And it, it truthfully, where we can package healthier food in an enjoyable fashion, you don't really have to, one, separate yourself to eat unseasoned chicken, broccoli, and rice that was all boiled and steamed in the same <laughs> water. And is, I, I think every, every fitness guy has tried this at some point in time. It's absolutely repulsive. Like yeah, you it's horrible. Standards. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. But it, it doesn't have to be that. And I've at this point realized I can pick and choose certain foods based on what the kids like, because I understand that based on certain ages, I'm going to have you ingesting a certain amount of realistically what I call kid scraps and calories in a day. Mm -hmm. I'm, I truthfully am getting to know people. I'm trying to decide how many kids scrap calories am I going to have to account for? I think that's one of the things that if I'm being honest, it's just like, look, I don't expect you to be throwing all of this away all the time. It's a lot of food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Three year olds don't necessarily clean the plate super, super well. Right. right? right. How I'm calculating a certain amount of kids calories scraps and, and trying to figure out how am I going to make, this food useful to all of you and beneficial and delicious to all of you. That way, once you start having to kind of pick up the scraps, so to speak, I'm not feeding you with Lunchables and Cheeto puffs and, and all of this extra crap, right? <laughs> exactly. You get stronger, the kids get stronger, everybody's spending time together. It just, it makes, it makes everything easier from then on. Yeah. I imagine that addresses, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming you've run into this a lot, addressing the, uh, the issue of the emotional eating when you just like, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the, whatever, whatever's hurting, whatever's in the pantry is going to fix it. And so I imagine yeah. that sort of the end result of cleaning this stuff up sort of resolves some of that as well. 
Well, it is some it somewhat can resolve it. Emotional eating can be very deeply psychological. So I'm, I my degree was in psychology instead of kinesiology. Mm-hmm. So some of it to me truthfully is about understanding that I've maybe got somebody with an eating habit and saying, all right, if I can get you to switch to these recipes that are half of the calories and twice the protein, mm-hmm. instead of eating what you normally would eat, chances are I'm going to be able to get you on track to making your goals. Mm-hmm. We can still get you to get your goals, right? But numerically, we're bringing calories down, bringing protein up mm-hmm. without changing taste. That's what I'm thinking of when I'm looking through all of these recipes. Yeah. And what is that magic number for protein? What do you recommend for people? It definitely depends on what you're doing to yourself, truthfully, in terms of how much you're wearing your muscles out. Mm-hmm. If you go with, I would say truthfully for most guys, if you can get 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight, you're probably at a good point. Mm-hmm. There's there's like a lot of calculations that go into it as far as what you're actually burning, what you actually need to recover, your lean muscle mass compared to your body fat. That's probably a good start. Yeah. I, I would see you making gains if you haven't done anything. I could see you making significant progress with that number. I've I've also heard from nutritionists that the amount of protein that most people get, even if they aim for 100 grams a day, tends to be a large improvement over what most people are eating in a general day with the standard sort of yeah. Western diet. So I've, I've worked, looked with people through their diet before, and it's like, you're a grown man eating 27 grams of protein a day. How does that make sense? I don't know three-year-olds that could get by on 27 (laughs) grams of protein a day, let alone you at 35. That's not going to work. It's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for he. It's not going to work for she. It won't work for anybody. This is crazy. But it's it's almost astounding how much our standard Western diet is protein-deprived. Yeah, now we've all become cheese and breaditarians for the most part. Bread's delicious. <laughs> it is delicious, right? <laughs> Solid point. Hey, we're we're a barbecue house. Also, we do lots of sandwiches over here. There I don't, you go. I don't hate bread. I think <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick a thing and 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 enjoy your thing, man. I don't That's I don't right. hate bread. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, talk to me about physical movement uh, and just getting getting enough exercise too. In trying to combine again family time and and fitness time, this is something that I've been doing more of with my kids. We've we've all sort of taken up rock climbing lately, uh, okay. And that's been a really fun way for us to sort of get out, move our bodies, and do something that we're all enjoying. Good. Is that sort of the another one of the you know? I know we're not selling magic bullets, but is that one of the magic bullets that we can do? Is is just find things that so we can all do together? It's it's just building a habit. So one big, for example, I've done with. When I hear about somebody, for example, say, oh, I have a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time. It's like, eh, you've got a seven-year-old. That's the cheat code. Here's, here's what we're going to do, right? And then you start asking questions about what, what this seven-year-old is interested in. Maybe this isn't a seven-year-old that plays sports and he likes video games. Mm-hmm. And you figure out what games he likes. Oh, he likes Star Wars. Okay. Well, what you're going to do is... You're going to grab this seven-year-old. You're going to go outside. You're going to find two sticks. You're going to give him one. You're going to look him dead in the eyes. Hold your stick like this and say, let's play Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to follow his imagination wherever it goes Mm. for the next hour. And every time I've told somebody to do that, 
they typically make it about 15 to 20 minutes before they are completely out of breath. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so now, now we understand how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. The but, thing, the thing I love about that too, is we've talked about this on the show is the, the sort of the concept of being fit for task. Like you don't necessarily have to have the, the six pack and be totally ripped and be, you know, ready, right. ready for the beach. You got to be able to play star Wars with your kids for an hour. So if you find out you can make it 20 minutes, now you've got something to work toward. You have a reason. There's your why, right? There's the thing that gets you out of bed and gets you moving. It, it makes the why very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy. Absolutely. Cool, man. We are running up against time here. Any final thoughts you want to leave us with uh, as we try and take on the task of taking better care of ourselves while being parents at the same time? Everybody typically sees something on Instagram that they're like, and they want to want to go do that fad and this and that. Hey, your most successful fitness plan probably is going to come more from your kids than it is from an Instagram account who doesn't know you. Look at your fitness, your family as a unit. How are you guys all going to look at maybe what the kids like doing and then go do that? Or what you guys like doing or maybe skills you want the kids to have and go do that. All right. Our thanks to Austin Wheeler. You can find links to him and his work in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. And Zach, I'm sure you don't need to be told twice to pick up a stick and go play Star Wars with your kids in the woods. Absolutely not. I mean... (laughs) I don't even think I need a kid for that. I would still go to the world and play Star Wars and pretend all of that. Those were actually some of my fondest childhood memories was like pretending to play Star Wars out in the woods. Oh, who didn't, man? Like the whenever it would snow, that's when you played Empire Strikes Back. When you're in the woods, that's when you played Return of the Jedi. And then, you know, in your basement, I guess, is where a new hope would happen because it's the only place you could turn the lights off and be in space. No, I would always do like all the tattooing, all the desert parts out of my driveway because it was dirt quick little story. I was probably four and there's a scene in A New Hope where Luke gets attacked by sand people and then they drag him and drop him on the floor. Mm -hmm. And I went to my driveway when I was four and reenacted and laid in the exact same position that Luke was in. And then my mom almost hit me with the car. (laughs) On purpose? (laughs) Davis didn't see me. Uh, well, that's not exactly getting your kids involved in, in play and meal prep, but you know, we'll call it close enough for your mom. Well, well done, mom. So yeah, I'm totally game. Whenever anyone who wants to go out into the woods and play Star Wars, I am down. I know it'll, you know, it'll be weird that I want to do that, but I would totally do that. Now, what's what's weird is just how many lightsabers you will have and how much the your costumes will look just like real movie uh, replica. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I and you know what, I might actually do it this year, but like I don't typically dress up for Halloween because what I want is like the five thousand dollar full on Darth Vader outfit, mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm where you can't tell the difference. Right. And I, I think I'm going to do this year. Wow. That's dedication. Or insanity. I'm not it sure. Is, it's one of the two. I'm going to go with the latter. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. All right, but back to the topic. Uh, aside from playing with your kids and, and going all in on Star Wars, getting them involved in meal prep, getting them involved in all of the things that you're trying to do for yourself. Obviously, if this is something that you struggle with like we do, then getting them involved at an early age will make it less of a struggle for them later in life. So it's always a good idea rather than shoving them off to their room to have screen time or do whatever they're doing while you prepare everything for them and then serve it to them on a silver platter, get them involved, get them in the kitchen with you, get them helping make the foods so that they get a better education about exactly where their food is coming from. And they tend to be more involved in, and interested in actually trying to eat that food that way. Yeah, that's, it is a funny thing how that happens. They do get a little bit more interested when they prepare it themselves. 
And when they realize that it does taste good, those reactions are always the best. And you're like, well, you know, it doesn't taste great, but you did make it. So yeah. let's eat it anyway. And like Austin said, feel free to manipulate those recipes. Look for ways to make what your family already enjoys a little bit healthier. Uh, he had some great suggestions there. I've been Googling some myself. Lots of great ideas that are out there that can really kind of feed your kids what they're already eating, but healthier versions of it to make them actually eat it. And then to also help you. So when you go to eat their leftovers, because you don't want to just throw them away, those leftovers will also be healthier options for you, not just end up in the garbage. I love my my child's leftovers. I actually feed myself half the time based on that. Like I'll make her some that I know I'll eat too. And then mm-hmm. she doesn't eat it all. I'm like, whew, a little extra snack for me. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Fit Mess Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We do offer a newsletter. We hope you'll subscribe where we will expand on the topics that we brought up here and share a recipe or two in the next edition that comes out. You can subscribe to that at thefitmess.com. That's where our next episode will be available in just a few days. Thanks so much for listening. See you, everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.